Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hey guys, this is Shay, and I'm super excited for today's uh, episode, whatever you call these things. I just enjoy talking to people, and I'm glad that you guys choose to come and listen with us. So today I have a new friend, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's semi-kindred in the spirit. So are we new friends? I'm not sure. Have we met for a long time ago? We don't know. But I am excited to have Jennifer Miskov on here, and um, the amount of books that she has written is way, way more than I probably have time to talk about because I want to get to other stuff, but you should go Google her, go YouTube, find her. I will also put all her information in the show notes at the bottom um, of this podcast. And um, man, I feel like there's so many things I could say. She's a revival historian. I mean, the list goes on. And so instead of listening to me talk, maybe we should allow her to talk. But Jennifer, thank you for being on here. Hey, Shay, it's an honor. I'm so excited to spend more time with you. Uh, I've honestly, we've probably been talking for about 20 minutes and I'm already <laughs> feeling wrecked. So, <laughs> And I'm sitting in a Welsh revival chair, so it's all good. It is absolutely wild. And I pray that everybody that listens to this feels a little bit of what we're feeling through the internet. Um, but yeah, I wanted to obviously, like the theme of the show has kind of been at this point, um, what does it look like? Um, to follow Jesus in our day and age. And I know for me personally, and a lot of the people that are listening is it's, we live in an interesting time and it's a beautiful time. And so I, I really, my heart in asking you to come on was your heart for the history. Um, but at the same time, just what you carry and your, um, I don't know anything, anytime I listen to you on YouTube, anytime I read a book, I feel like I, like I experience intimacy with the father, which mm. is obviously the go-to. It is like the core of any person that you've written a book about. It's the core of the Bible is just Jesus was intimate with the father. Mm. So I would love to just dive in and see where we go, see where Holy Spirit wants to go um, and just, yeah, get our chat on. <laughs> yeah. And I love the, that that's what you got from what I've, kind of birthed with the Holy Spirit, because it really is, that's everything. It's just all about Jesus and being in love with him and going deep with him and everything comes from that. So it makes my heart really happy to hear that as you read, you know, um, Finding Moments or Life on Wings or just big, my big PhD book, which you should get a medal for reading because that thing is big. But I love, I think you're right. Um, even even you saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, all the people I choose to study, like a, they they had an intimate connection with the Father, and and I love being able to draw that out. Yeah, and I think you do it you do it so well because I, you also I think you're the director of writing in glory, and I think that is like your heart is that like everything that we do is from a place of being in the glory, being yeah, uh, making sure that our vertical is correct so that our horizontal reach would impact even greater because the whole point is that we point to his love and like 
yeah, I mean, obviously we could talk forever about that. And I'm like, dang it, we're going to have to have 15 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> I refuse to edit this. <laughs> um, but I would love for you just to share, I mean, a little bit of how your, your own story of, um, yeah, I know you're from California. You love surfing, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. But I would love for you just to share kind of a, a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Um, I, I don't really share my story a lot, so this might be the first time it gets out there. There you go, <laughs> Um I love sharing other people's stories, but then when it gets to your, your own, it's a bit more vulnerable. But, but you know, everyone's got a story, and I'm, I'm thankful for the journey God's brought me on. Um, it's different than maybe some people would expect, but um, I grew up in a Christian home. And I grew up going to church and, you know, believing all the right things. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, um, living by the rules and uh, junior high, I had a hard time making friends. I was very shy, went from a small school to a bigger school. And, uh, and I remember it was pretty traumatic, actually, just calling my sister on the, on the payphone, payphone, those things that we used to have back in the day. You know, I, mean, I don't know if anyone listening knows what a payphone is, but you don't actually put quarters in a machine that's attached to the wall. And um, I would just cry and say to my sister, get me out of this school. This is horrible. Kind of got made fun of, but just didn't fit in, didn't know how to fit in. Um, by eighth grade, uh, I played sports. I was pretty good at sports. Um, you know, it, it got a little bit better and I made some friends and, and then I went from a small, like 80 person in a grade Christian junior high to a big public, um, high school, a lot more people and very shy. And I remember trying to make friends in different groups. Um, and it wasn't even that they were rejecting me at that point. It was just like, I'm like, oh, I don't even feel like I want to put the effort to be friends because they don't, they're not, they don't really get me. They don't understand me. I'm nothing like them. So I just had trouble fitting in to towards the end of my freshman year. I would go in the girls' locker room by myself at lunchtime and just sit on the floor and read the Bible. And um, it was in that process um, that I discovered, wow, Christianity, this thing is not about rules and regulations and it's it, it's not about this religion it's about this radical relationship with this man named jesus who gave everything for me and i just began to fall in love with jesus as i read the word the you know i the word is so special to me because that's really how i met jesus um you know i confessed and went up to the altar multiple times as a child and of course i wanted jesus but that lonely time was where i really submitted and surrendered everything to him and it wasn't um, uh, a moment. I can't tell you the date that happened. My, most of my journey has been a process, which I think is hilarious that I end up writing a book about defining moments where these people have radical encounters. And then I tell people, well, I did it, but I still love Jesus. And I feel like I'm still on fire. So I think it's a good balance and I love tension. Um, but that was high school. And then I, um, you know, went to, to Vanguard University 20 years ago, where I'm actually just starting to teach this year, 20 years later on the 100 year anniversary, which is another story in itself, but completely God dream come true. And uh, wanted to be a missionary, went straight from there to Mozambique in the year 2000. Um, that's where I first encountered Heidi Baker and um, just was like that woman so much like Jesus, I need to hang out with her. So Ended up in Mozambique and then um, came back to California after that, after six months, planted a church, saw bread multiply, you know, was in in revival, you know, just the normal, fun, beautiful things. Um, That was before 
really Mozambique uh, was in revival it was during the flood. So it was right at the beginning wave of that. Um, and then I ended up transitioning back here, um, worked at a church for a while and disciple people and then ended up transitioning out of full-time ministry into working at Starbucks. And I loved Starbucks. I started as a barista. I kept getting promoted, became a trainer. Most people don't know this. I am a coffee master. I can tell you all about coffee. I don't drink it, but um, I learned a lot about leadership. Um, actually, in a leadership training in 2006, I believe, uh, we had to write a list of our goals and dreams. And one of them was I wanted to write a book about revolutionaries and revivals, which I ended up doing 10 years later with Bill Johnson. Another was I wanted to teach at Vanguard, which I'm doing now, just 14 years after that. Um, Raise the Dead, I feel like I did that through writing the book that you read about Carrie Judd Montgomery, Life on Wings. So um, I, I appreciated that time. And then as I, as I continued, I ended up getting my own store. Um, I realized there's more, there was more for me than Starbucks, although I did really appreciate the company. Um, and, and then I realized, wow, I'm writing this book called Silver, Silver to Gold, my first book, this allegory God gave me of um, moving not from the bondage in Egypt to the freedom in the desert, but from the freedom in the desert to the promised land and, and abundance. And that shift, you know, from silver to gold. Um, not from bad to good, but from good to best and destiny. And um, God gave me this allegory and and I, I was working on it and I just felt like, man, if I'm not living this myself, there's no integrity in releasing this. So basically, because I was writing that book, I quit my job, sold my car and moved to England because that's where a lot of revival history was birthed that impacted America. And I wanted to study and I wanted to actually um, teach at Vanguard one day and I needed higher education. So if originally it was a master's. And then when I was in England in reading a small paragraph of a book of my, my supervisor, I read this tiny paragraph about this woman named Carrie Judd Montgomery, who I'd never heard of before, but who ends up doing the first healing home in California. So God sends me from California to England to discover a woman that radically changed my life from the past. Um, that was doing California stuff. So I just love, it was divine, divine setup. I really felt like the Lord sent me there to um, raise her story from the dead to speak to our generation today because she's such a bridge to bring the, release the Holy Spirit um, in a powerful way. I'm seeing that even, even today. And then uh, graduated with my PhD from England after four years. And then um, I saw a video when I was in England. So I met Bethel. Um, when I was living in Mozambique in the year 2000, I had a team. I took them out to the refugee camp. I think they were the team we saw bread multiply. I went to visit there in 2001. They let me speak at the ministry school. They took an offering for me. I, this was like the second year of ministry school. I knew I'd be back one day. I didn't know it'd be 12 years later. And then I, someone shows me a video in England about General's Library that Bill's doing about all this revival history stuff. And I know Iris Ministries is based there. And I just felt drawn to... Um, after my PhD, I knew I was drawn to California. I didn't know if it was Northern California or Southern California. And God led me to Reading, 2011. This, this is going to be a whole other story. I won't get into detail, but um, I had nothing because uh, I had given up everything. Uh, I sold my car. When you sell your car, you're in, you know. <laughs> and uh, had no money, had no job. I was overqualified, but no doors open. Moved to Reading following my heart, didn't really know people, got ordained by Heidi Baker on New Year's Eve 2011 to 2012, which is the anniversary of when the Great, Great Awakening was birthed. And so got to tap into some uh, historic days in history. 
And uh, after that beautiful, powerful moment, I, I experienced probably one of the hardest months of my life. Um, carless, homeless, in the sense of I, I lived on a blow up air mattress on my friend's, on my friend's Florida house for a month because she took me in and just feeling like this is where God's leading me, but no doors open. And then long story short, God led me to a house uh, downtown Reading and had me contend at all costs to um, step out in faith to rent it. And I pulled from Carrie Judd Montgomery's testimony in that moment and uh, ended up birthing Destiny House, which became a, 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 a movement of um, worshipers who, who lived intentionally together around the presence of God and a lot of creativity. People were healed there um, before my eyes. Uh, miracles happened, but we weren't going after that. We were going after Jesus. And in that context, he, he birthed people and destinies and we saw a lot of beautiful healing as well. And then recently, after seven years there, God, with the fires, I went to Maui. This is a long, you're getting the whole story right here. This is my whole life story. Um, yeah, and any of these, you want to go deeper, and we can, because they're all a story in its own. But then I ended up going to Maui for sabbatical after seven years at Destiny House. And then as I'm there, the fires hit Redding. I God told me to let go of Destiny House and the people I was living with moved to Texas. So I had to move out. And so I moved everything out, went to Maui for what I thought would be a few weeks to a month, ended up staying there three and a half months. And the Lord shifted my life completely. I spent the next year and a half letting go of Reading, which was hard because I loved it. But God was sending me to the nations, traveled itinerant the last year and a half. And then at the last week when I thought I was going to move to Europe, he shifted everything to Southern California. And I now have an address after a year and a half. And that feels amazing. And I'm with family. And it's a new season, even though it's full circle to new season. So that's my life story right there, Shay. No, I love it. I'm like, I absolutely love that I got to hear all that. <laughs> I I genuinely appreciate like so many parts of it. I'm sitting here and I'm like, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. <laughs> it's the, I don't know what's going on. I'm going. It's the, I'm going to show up now and I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. Um, and I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm like, and here you are. And you're living in California with an address. Who would have thought that goals would have been addresses? <laughs> it's when you don't have one, you realize, oh. you realize, but then you, I learned so much in this past season, uh, that God is my home, no matter where I am, he's my home. And when I came home full circle, it was just reminding me of his faithfulness, but he is our home. You know, like look at Paul the Apostle, place to place to place in whatever seasons. And he, we have to be content in every season, no matter what it feels like. And, and he really taught me that wherever I go, he told me he always brought family. Right. Which was the best thing. Even my birthday in Belgium, like he surrounded me with family. Even a cousin that I didn't realize lived there showed up at my birthday. I mean, he just never, I was never alone. It was just so special. Even though I went literally around the world. Um, it's very special, very special season. That is a, like, I, that is, I, there's something so beautiful about that. And I think like the whole idea of like, I'm sitting here thinking while you're talking of like, what does it look like to follow Jesus in our day and age? But I don't know if there's really a difference from the way Paul did it. Um, okay. Outwardly, there's a lot of differences, you know, there wasn't an iPhone when Paul was living. 
um, you know, things like that, like, you know, but the principles of just like you said, the word contentment, um, uh, of, you know, being content where you are, whether it's you have an address in a car or you don't have an address or a car, it's finding that he's your home. Yeah. And that it really just gets back to the point of he just wants our heart. Yeah. And all these things, they're huge blessings, right? To have an address, to have a car, um, things like that. Some sort of external stability. Mm-hmm. So it's a gift. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, even in the seasons where you didn't know what you were doing or you didn't know where you were going to lay your head, finding contentment in him. Mm-hmm. And I think when we go back to the Bible or people that have gone before us, it's realizing that at the core of them, no matter what it looked like on the exterior, um, their contentment was in him. Mm-hmm. It didn't come from perfection. It didn't come from because they quote unquote had it all together because nobody did. Um, but it just came from this deep, 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 satisfaction yet completely satisfied on one end and completely hungry and empty on the other Mm -hmm. like there has to be more but yet I'm so satisfied and so content with him and him alone but there's this longing that's constantly pulling you like the same way you're like okay I've made for more than Starbucks like that thing that that pulls on us and I think so many people feel that pull Mm. And it's in those moments of like, are you going to respond to that pull? You know, and I mean, most of your story is him pulling you, right? Like, okay, I'm going to walk on the water now. Okay. Like, here I go. Like, and I would go to say that's the story that the father wants from everyone. And you, you know, um, yes, he's pulling me, but I, I knew in the transition from writing he wasn't speaking to me for over a year and a half and I knew it. Um, and I was okay. So I basically just followed my heart and I went to the nations. He didn't call me to the nations. I just followed my heart because he, I didn't hear him speaking to me. And I knew when it was time, he would show me what was next. And he did very clearly speak to me and, and redirect me down here. So I think that's also the beautiful art of, of a, a, a life with Jesus is, you know, we know God intimately. And so whether we hear an audible voice from heaven today or not, we can still um, follow our hearts because he's put those desires and dreams within us. And it's just like, you know, like if say like there's a married couple and the husband's on a trip around the world for business or something, the wife doesn't need to think like, oh, he doesn't love me. He's not here. He's not speaking just because he's physically not present. I think that's how we grow as Christians is, okay, whether I feel God or not, because the Bible says so, he will never leave nor forsake me. I know it's truth. And I, and I think that's how we grow in our, in our walk with the Lord too, is just the stability and knowing, knowing his heart, knowing his ways. Um, And it's awesome when he speaks, oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. But like, it's also okay if he's not, and he's silent and we still know that he, he loves us because the word of God says that. So I think, you know, surrender is huge. I think most of the Christian walk comes down to, do we trust that God is for us and working behind the scenes on our behalf, Romans 8. 
it's all over Romans 8. If he didn't even spare his own son, how could he not give us all things? I think uh, almost all the Christian life comes down to that simple truth. Do we trust that God is who he says he is and he loves and for, is for us? And then it's just surrender to the Holy Spirit. If we say yes and surrender to whatever, even the little tiny things, because it's those little decisions, those tiny decisions that we, it doesn't make sense in the moment, but we look back and we're like, oh, if I didn't do that in that moment, I wouldn't be here today. Um, I think that will take people beyond what they could ask, hope, dream, or imagine is this simple act of surrender and, and leaning into where we think we feel the Lord leading. Because you know how many times I'm like, is this God? Is this me? I have no idea. Is this the biggest mistake of my life or is this the biggest breakthrough? I have no idea. I don't. That's happened right before Destiny House. And I did not know which one it is. And then you just, you know, you just take a huge risk and you hope that God backs you up. Sometimes he does miraculously, like showing up in the airport without a plane ticket. He got me from San Francisco airport to England one time, but then there's other times I'm like, oh, I got to pay that off with my credit card. I thought this was the Lord and, and maybe it really was, but I, you know, you know, you learn every time you take a step of faith, you learn there's failure. The word failure does not exist if we are lovers of Jesus because of Romans 8, 28, because every time we step out in faith towards what we think God is doing, he'll redirect us or he'll teach us in the process. So I would rather over-risk um, and I don't believe in mistakes. I don't believe in failures and learn from these steps of faith rather than wait to hear absolute, you know, 50 things confirming before I get out of the house. I'm not saying that that's bad in some decisions. You definitely need that. But um, I, tr I personally err on I'd rather have more scars with stories than uh, be safe. No, I, I agree. I think something and maybe I don't know, like I'm starting to think maybe it's just as I get older. And like my friendship with God has gotten longer. <laughs> um, it's just that most of most of life is not these epic grand proportion stories. Most life is seemingly mundane. And you know, maybe it's just my life, but can sometimes feel just flat out boring. And you're like, where's my epic stories? And you look back and you're like, you do have those. You do yeah. have those moments where God gets you from one place to the other or, you know, but it's, it's also, I mean, you, you talk about it in a way of marriage, but even just friendship, like there's times where you have these amazing adventures with friends. And then there's just times where you're just like, let's just sit here and watch a movie and enjoy each other. Like, I don't need some, let's jump in the car and do something crazy. Like, I don't know if I fully have the energy for that right yeah. now. And I think it's building that he's the same whether it's like this, like, whoa, or whether it's just like, okay, um, here's my small yeses that's going to build up to whatever that, that next epic story is mm -hmm. and being okay that today um, may not, today I don't necessarily have some big boom shakalaka story that, you know, that I can post on Instagram outside of interviewing you, which personally is a boom shakalaka Um <laughs> But, if, you know, I will probably Insta story. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I think that it's the, it's the small yeses that you talk about, you know. And, you know, sometimes we can read. I think sometimes personally I can read the Bible as a highlight reel. Kind of like, oh, and then, you know, yeah, Paul was shipwrecked. But then all of Malta got healed. And that was the epic proportion. And And you're like, okay. Like, so sometimes I think we can't just look for these highlight moments. 
we have to go, okay, like right now, somebody may be in a season where they're in a fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. And, but you know what, on the other side of, of mm-hmm. basically Paul getting beat up, shipwrecked, a whole island got healed. So I would say your fiery furnace is worth it. Um, I mean, that's just personal, but I think sometimes that we, you know, we can so easily define what we think it should look like Mm -hmm. all the time, but truly God's like, Shay, if you lived in that kind of hyperspeed, always up there, Mm -hmm. like you would not know how to live proper. (laughs) You know, I think that's, it's such a good point. We were actually having conversations of, of this about, uh, revival culture and and it's a heightened state of almost emotionalism and how that is actually kind of hard to live in every day and, and I think it's learning how to develop rhythms of rest and run and looking at Jesus's life he 30 years of normal living but he was I, thinking of the, the universe you know can you imagine 30 years of just mundane like normal carpentry work and then three years of extreme highs and lows and miracles but also persecution and that's that is the abundant life and it looks different in different seasons and even like i'm like oh my gosh i'm not in brazil right now and god's just moving in the nation and i'm like okay well that's okay i'm exactly where god wants me for such a time as this and i i don't need to compare i need to champion what god's doing um and maybe that will come later in another time but i'm i'm exactly with the few or with the many i think it's just knowing um being being okay with being a single mom raising a kid to your best ability or you know whatever it looks like in the season I think it's like okay I'm not going to compare I'm going to do what God's given me grace to do in the season and celebrating that yeah I think it's so it's so true right like I think we there's something so beautiful and I think obviously it's that thing that the enemy twists but celebrating what he's doing even though I may not get to be there Mm -hmm. I'm being present where I am right here in Atlanta and we're hanging out right now yeah, my neighbors wouldn't even know what the sin Brazil is. Like, they're, like they wouldn't even have a clue. And there's part of me that's like, how do you not know? And the other part's like, I love that y'all have no clue. I know the best fried chicken in Atlanta spot, so I'm also not mad that y'all know about that. I want to go to that fried chicken. That sounds you good. You know what I'm saying? But I think there's something so beautiful and realizing that even Christ himself had 30 years mm-hmm. of just normalcy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially in charismania and, you know, and, and just different cultures, you know, that word's like, no, oh, I wasn't born to live a normal life. And I'm like, yeah, you were. Like in some capacities, like there will be seasons of what feels more mundane. And it's really how you foster those seasons mm-hmm. um, that will kind of either I don't know, launch you into something or just kind of, I hate, I hate using the word accelerate because it's such a prophetic word. Although I, I love that word at the same time, but it's like, it, there's something about the way that we can steward those seasons of what seems normal, mundane, um, that really, really weaves our character, really weaves who we are in our identity. I don't know. I just went off, but you know, (laughs) Uh, but it is, there's something so beautiful about it in the way that we, we, we kind of get the opportunity to go, okay, like I'm going to go and spend time and and learning to run and rest Mm -hmm. and knowing when to do which one and not comparing our race to somebody else's race. 
I think I'm preaching to myself on this podcast. Set me free, Lord. Fire. (laughs) Fire in the hole. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's so cool. I'm honestly glad that you shared your story because I think, so obviously you're great at telling other people's stories and like in sharing what they carry. But I I think honestly, like you carry something so beautiful and, um, and just so tangible. Like I even just looking at you, I'm like, dang it. Like, like he's meeting me. I feel like I'm in my house in Atlanta, Georgia, getting encountered by the father. and just your willingness to to embrace friendship with him is is really beautiful. I wasn't even trying to end it. We still have time to talk. I'm just going there because I'm like, gosh, I'm getting wrecked. Um, <laughs> More to learn. Yeah, I, I do. I would love to ask some questions though. Like as far as like history goes and kind of where we are currently um, as the body. What do you sense? What do you feel? Um, like God is championing in this season and, and just even personally what he's kind of sharing with you. Yeah. I, I really feel like um, we've stepped into something beautiful in 2020. Um, I felt like the last couple of years have been a season of God um, consecrating Christians and setting them apart and helping them kind of the Hebrews 12 is basically what I was preaching all last year is throw off everything that hinders even even, uh, it doesn't just say the sin, but even, you know, things that maybe were good, but we aren't to carry anymore into the new season, um, so that we can run and running takes everything. It takes hundred percent focus and consecration to Jesus. Um, and I feel like that's what the Lord's been doing. I feel like this new wave of revival, billion salt harvest that's been prophesied is already upon us. And the beginning of the wave is this consecration of the Christians because God's getting us ready to steward this incoming massive harvest. And so I've been seeing that I've been preaching that for this past year. And I feel like it's, it's upon us. Um, There's so much synergy, even in Southern California right now, like the people that God's just randomly bringing here. And, and I mean, but it's not just here. He's in Brazil, any, anywhere you, anywhere I went in the nations in Europe, like he's moving everywhere. And throughout history, there's these, these almost Kairos moments, these beautiful times of revival, like around Azusa street, there was the Welsh revival, a revival in India breaking out and then in Los Angeles. Um, and, and it was a, a beautiful season marked by a move of God. And I feel like we're stepping into that same thing today. And I do feel like um, we're, revival is upon us. There's people that are being awakened. And now we just need to, once we're awakened, step into being transformed and bring reformation and wake other people up as well. So I feel like um, God is doing something very center, lots of synergy. It's almost like I feel like he the past season with my life specifically, but I feel like everything that happens to me, I am like a prophetic message. Cause I feel like I live it. Like I literally, Oh, I could tell you, I could preach off of very painful moments in my life that the Lord had me live. Um, so there's, there's authority and, and integrity in it, but, um, you know, I feel like he was uprooting people and moving people around as if like on a chessboard, getting them a replanted and positioned for his next great move. And I feel like we're, it's upon us. And I just really hope and pray that people consecrate themselves. Let, let a baptism of fire come to purify their hearts, to purify their minds, purify their souls, that they are giving themselves a hundred percent to the one thing they're born for, you know, cause everyone's born for different things. Um, 
Martin Luther King Jr. If he didn't give up his role as a pastor, then he wouldn't have never led the civil rights movement. You know, like, like, and I feel like that's what the Lord's been doing. And I feel like as these generals, these Christians get into alignment, we're going to be able to carry and steward in unity this billion soul harvest, this massive, you know, move of God that is already upon us. Man, I'm like, I'm about to, yeah, I feel like I can get up and do a praise break. Nobody's <laughs> going to see that. <laughs> but everybody probably just visualized it and I'm okay with that. I agree. I feel like for me, it's like the, the scripture I kept thinking of when you were talking was like, you know, it starts in the house. Um, you know, as Christians and believers, we can look at the world and say, you know, whatever, but truthfully it starts in house before it can ripple out. And I think that is what he's been doing. Uh, I, I know for me personally, I'm like, girl, my life's right there with you. Like it's been this, like, come away with me again. I, uh, you know, Psalms 24, those who ascend the mountain of God comes with clean hands and a pure heart. And the higher you go up, the less you can take with you. And, and you know what, I would just want to jump in because what you said starts in the house. You know, speaking of Azusa Street Revival 1906, a handful of African-Americans hungry for more of God gathered in a home with their only agenda to have more of him. And that birthed one of the greatest revivals, um, you know, launched the Azusa Street Revival. Early Pentecostalism was significantly impacted, spread around the world, the fastest form of Christianity growing to this day from a handful of people just wanted nothing other than God. And they, and I, I love this quote from the revival. They said, um, we didn't have a program, prearranged things to be crammed together on time. We didn't have a thousand other things we wanted before God. We just wanted him. And I'm like, man, if, if those a hundred years ago at Azusa street said no to a thousand other things to say yes to the one thing, what does it look like today when we are bombarded with more than a million other things, social media, anything, technology, we are saying, no, what does it look like when a generation today says no to a million other things to say yes to the one thing? That's like when we become unstoppable and there's no going back. So I'm excited for that. And that's what I burn for. Oh man. Like you just saying that I was like, that just like, literally I feel shook. I don't even say that a lot, but I'm like, man, to say, to say, no to a million things because because you know your yes is that dedicated and that resolved you know it's that thing where i felt like the lord even recently was reminding me like shay like you were made to run and this is a race and there's times you know like or like perseverance is needed like it's not just going to be handed to someone because it's something that he entrusts to friends Mm -hmm. in the same way in friendships, you don't just get to go here and do this. Like, it's like, no, like he's saying, draw away with me, mm. you know, um, empty yourself again. I mean, if Paul can say I buffet my body multiple times, I'm pretty sure Shay gets to say, you know what? I should probably buffet my body too <laughs> and, and consecrate and say, God, like make me a landing pad for your glory. Yeah. Make me yeah. make this house I live in a lighthouse into my street, into my neighborhood and, and not expect someone else to go before me and do it for me, but say, what's my part? What's my part? And I remember God told me one time, he's like, Shay, you can't do everything, but you can do your part and do your part well. And that my yes would affect other people's yeses. And that's all really that he asked for. 
Like he doesn't say, Shane, go take over the planet. Shay tells Shay that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I'm going to have to test some of the spirits, but I, I, he's not saying that. He's saying, Shay, do what I ask you. It's that simple. Follow me. And even when I don't hear him in seasons, because I've had those seasons, trust that trust what I've said to you. Trust the word. Trust, trust our friendship and our history that we've built. That I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Um, but just do your part and do it well. You know? And like, what would it look like? I want you to pray for us. But what would it look like? for our generation to say no to a million things and say yes with resolve, with grit, yeah. unresolved, unshakable, un, all of the unwords and say, here we are, God, come and meet us. You are our only agenda. Yeah. Like that moves me. Like this is waking me up even more and saying, what else can I say? You know what? This can't go up the mountain with me. This little thing, though, it's not evil, though. Nobody would say, Shay, we need to check in here. What can go with me on, in my race? Mm-hmm. You know, I could, I feel like I could, I feel like I'm going to bust out into a dance. Come on. The further, the further we go, the less we carry. Yep. Find yeah. Us. It's, the further we go, the less we can carry. Yep. And so with that said, because I don't know how else to do this, I would love for you to <laughs> pray. Pray for us. Pray for the listeners. Pray that, you know, we would get this resolved, that we wouldn't just show up at church on Sunday and expect to get fed, but that we would become the vending machines that yeah. people would show up and say, you know, I need a move, I need prayer, um, that we would become what essentially we needed in somebody else at one point in our lives. And that, yeah, that our resolve would just be hardcore. Yeah. You know, and you know, pray however you want to pray. And then I'm going to ask you a fun question because we always okay. do that. But, but I want you to pray. And, and honestly, like pray whatever you yeah. feel yeah. and whatever you feel led to. I'm going to get wrecked. So yes, yes, Lord. Yeah. So God, we just thank you. I thank you for Shay and her creating space to just have conversations about you and point people closer to you. And, and right now, Holy Spirit, we just say come in a greater measure. Lord, wherever um, our friends are listening right now, whether they're driving in a car, whether they're at home, whether they're working out, wherever they are, Lord, I ask for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in their hearts, in their lives, in their minds, in their bodies, Lord, that you would pour out um, a fresh baptism of fire, a burning that is so deep within them that nothing will stop them knowing who they are in you and running after you with everything inside of them. So God, come right now in greater power for Jesus Christ's sake. Come and pour out your spirit, God. Come and move how only you can move. I feel like he's beginning to bring realignment in almost like a Holy Spirit chiropractic moment. He's beginning in some of you to put things into correct alignment 
And so I say yes and amen. Alignment with heaven over every single commitment, over every single relationship. Lord, everything would be perfectly in order for such a time as this. And Lord, pour out your presence. Pour out your oil. And I just say more. Say more, God. Send your fire. Let there be a marking. Let there be a marking over everyone listening right now with a greater passion and a greater hunger for all that you have for them, for, for a deeper connection with you, for a, a radical life of faith and a radical, passionate love affair with the King of Kings. So we just love you so much, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We give you all honor and glory. And we just worship you and say, um, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. Yeah, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shoo! Well, if they're not feeling it in their cars, they're at their work. It is definitely <laughs> hovering in Atlanta, Georgia at my house. <laughs> if I was weird enough, I'd give them my address, but I'm not. <laughs> Um, anyways, well, I'm going to ask you this fun question that we always do. And it's in this season, I'm sure there's a laundry list of people, um, as, as my, my list is very long, but in this season, particularly who, who are three people dead or alive, um, would you have at a table? Um, and what would you want to glean from them? I think would be great. And obviously we know Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God are already there. Uh, I choose to pull up a seat and join myself. So I just kind of throw myself in the mix, but who are three people in this season that you would want to sit down and chat with? Yeah, I love this question. There's a, a bunch. Um, <laughs> and I, I think you threw in this season. I wasn't aware of that. So I didn't take that into context when I, when I thought of my three people. Um, but I still think it would be fun to sit down with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Joan of Arc and Bono, the lead singer of U2. They're all um, heroes of mine in different ways. They're all revolutionaries. Uh, Mark Twain actually wrote a book about Joan of Arc, one of his most favorite books most people don't even realize. But I think at the age of 16, I don't even know how old she was. She's like the only person, male or female, that young to lead a whole army into victory for a nation. Um, but just, uh, yeah, I'm very inspired. Um, I think Bono is a prophetic voice for a generation. I love through music. Um, it's just powerful. And then, of course, Martin Luther King Jr., a man of justice and had a dream and a nation that was transformed. So all, all really willing to to die for their message or their cause in a sense. And um, I'm super inspired by them. And so I think it would be really fun to just hang out and like listen and just be in their presence. And yeah. I think it would be wild to hear the conversation. <laughs> you know, well, cause you have MLK that just stands for freedom and like, yeah. you know, all the civil stuff. And then you'd have a Joan of Arc that if we had a Joan of Arc they, this day and age, it would be like, can she even speak? Can, you know, and she's like, oh, psh, I led armies. Like, you don't even know. Like, you don't even know. And then I just imagine, you know, Bono singing a song about it. <laughs> taking, you know, right there and just writing one out. And you'd be like, yeah, this is what I pictured. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I, I love yeah. your, your, I love your choices. That's really cool. 
but all right, well, I'm going to end this because if not, I'm just going to keep talking. (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on. Um, It's been, honestly, it's been amazing. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing what God's up to in your life and honestly looking forward to a book about your life. And I'm sure even if it's a brick long, I will be one of the reasons. That, that. Hey, it's already out there. It's walking on water. There you go. Like, that's true. To know. So that's the first and one. And it's about. not as big of a brick. No, no. But I know I am working on another one about my recent season. So I agree. But yeah. yeah, it's been such an honor. Thank you so much for having me and letting me be a part of what God's doing in your life. It's been so fun to connect with you. And yeah. I look forward to Part two, maybe. Yeah, I would love that. You just let me know when you're free, and I will make that uh, free, 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 free. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you for hanging out with us. And I pray that today, wherever you are, that you uh, feel the tangible closeness of the Father, and that you would feel drawn to Him, and that you would see Him even in the boring, in the mundane, um, because Jesus never defined what was boring or what was epic and that you would have that perspective that all things are meaningful and purposeful in the kingdom and so you guys drive safe out there i don't know why i said that i feel like your mom now so i'm going to end on that note have a great day